Oh, that guy. <laughs> oh, dude, so good. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of the podcast. 2 2, Deuce Deuce. Catch 22. I can't think of anything else. Um, we are extremely excited to be here with you tonight. Uh, first of February. Spring is in the air, not really, but uh, you can imagine what it would be like if it was. We are here with our esteemed colleague, um, who may have just fallen over, I'm not sure, uh, Steve Rosan, who is a wonderful human being, and I, I wanted to, when I introduced you, Steve, I, I had a, a little story that popped in my head, and I wanted to tell it to introduce you. So, uh, first of all, say hello, Steve and Steve, so this is going to be confusing. We've got Steve R., and then we've got Steve, Steve E. So that's Steve Enders right there, <coughs> who just coughed. And then we've got Steve Rosan's got the hat. So that's how you tell them apart, okay? Um, say hi, guys. What's going on? Hi. <laughs> nice hat. Perfect. He actually wears it like that, too. Um, so, yeah, so I want to tell this quick story. So when I first went to college, okay, 17 years old, I didn't know anything about the world, let's be honest. Uh, I thought I did, but you know how that goes. So I I always kind of looked to my mother as being like a person who knew things about the world. So like when I needed important things like my social security number and couldn't remember it on my own, I would call mom. Uh, if I needed to know, you know, how to do my laundry or whatever, I would call mom. And she always knew like, you know, things that most humans knew. But to me, it was really great because I had someone to turn to in times like this. You know what I mean? So anyway... In my, in my turtle life, I have two of those guys right here, and really, Steve Rosan, you are that guy, especially in certain key areas. So what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is this guy knows his stuff, and we're super excited to have him here, and hopefully by the end of it, we would do our job and prove to you that he actually knows his stuff. So no pressure at all, but uh, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a while. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's been too long. Last time I was at uh, one megabyte per second, and uh, constant phasing in and out, and here we are. You still look pretty pixelated to me, though. But I, I, figured, uh, I thought it was going to be a filter. The computer's six years old. Mm. What you get? Yeah. Hold on. Uh, my machine is six. It will be six years old next month. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I always buy a supercharged one, so it lasts me a while. I don't have a machine. I have a computer. I don't know. I don't think I'm cool enough to call mine a machine, or or and I don't think mine is high performance enough to call it a machine. But uh, I pretty much pilfered it from work, and uh, don't tell anyone because uh, is that a better just hold them all right now. Bandwidth adjustment. Ooh. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know I have, either. I have a computer and it has some keyboard. It has a keyboard, some keys that I can type on, and um, it has the internet icon. And I sometimes I surf on the web, the World Wide Web, and uh, other times I email people. So it's pretty cool. Here, here we go. Wait. Yeah. We want to use as much bandwidth as possible so we get the best picture possible. Right. right. Well, that's, that's all I've got. It sounds like Steve R. has a party at his house right now. I'm not sure which one of you guys are this. 
Someone's taking the trash right now. Yep, that would be my son. <laughs> That's terrific. You can get to see him, he's a little monster. Just feel free, hey, if you have to lay the smack down at all and let him know what's going on, we don't now mind. around with settings, see what all I can do in here. Yeah, don't worry about it. There's not that many people watching, so you won't get in trouble. That's what you have to remember throughout Yeah, throughout this, this, uh, this broadcast. The it's the internet. It is the internet, so there's proof, yeah. But I mean, don't flatter yourself. No one's interested in what we're doing. You yeah. know, I mean, like as far as the government and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Dude, so. you never know. You never know. There's medication for that that, that will help you with, with your paranoia. No. There I'm is. Watching a little bit of what's going on in Iowa, and you know what? I decided I don't care. Mm. Me either. So, anyway, let's jump into it. This is a show about reptiles, sometimes amphibians, mostly turtles and tortoises, let's be honest. But um, we have you on because there's a lot of really hot button issues going on right now. So if there are things that, um, well, there will be things that we want to get your, your input on. So um, the, the first story was obviously sad news out of uh, Vietnam that um, the Ho Kim, Ho Kim Lake turtle was um, found dead on January 19th. That's the, that's one of two that was remaining in the wild. Is that correct? There was one in the in the Yangtze River and one in the in the lake. Is that correct? And as far as I know, there was four. Four. Uh, yep. I'm not sure. Oh, about ready to get smacked down here with my son. I'm gonna walk. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can hear him coughing and running. We're going into the dark. There was four. I'm not sure of all their locations, but uh, now there's three that we know yeah. of. Yeah. I know there's two in the zoo in, in China, and those are the two that they've been trying to breed. Uh, the female, obviously, um, has laid some clutches since... Um, and I wish I had all this data. I'm going off the top of my head, and I've read about this a million times, but, you know, um, if it's not a species you work with um, in an, you know, intimately... Um, keep your jokes to yourself, Steve. Then you you may not remember all the fine details, but um, there were four. There are now three, two in the zoo, and they've been breeding for several years, producing a ton of eggs, but none of them are fertile. Um, all the remaining uh, turtles are thought to be like 100 years old, and um, the thought is that that might be uh, a reason for the uh, infertility. Right now, you look like you're in a um, Oh, I'm trying to think of what the what the term is, like an interrogation room. Like this is the interrogation room. It looks like a scene from Homeland. This is where we find out the truth. <laughs> the truth, it's so good. and nothing but the truth. You can't it's handle the truth. the truth. Oh, you can't handle the truth. Oh my God, the truth will set you free. No, what's going on over there is pretty sad. Um, Honestly, they're functionally extinct with only three yeah. individuals, so uh, there's no way you can bring back the species. Now, whether there's others in the wild, whether they're juveniles, they're, uh, that whole river system I was talking to Steve earlier and you uh, with other species, you know, sturgeon, paddlefish, dolphin, uh, they're all dropping off the face of the earth, and we're not exactly sure. I'm sure it's a com combination of a few things, uh, pollution, hunting. And they've got dams in that area, so um, right. 
combined with the political stuff that between, you know, Vietnam and China, you, they cannot exchange. The turtle room has adjusted your audio level. Tink. Um, <laughs> but the political, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's working hard. He's working hard, yeah. No, right? He's, he's he's doing it. Yeah, we pay we pay him the big bucks. We, he takes it seriously. He takes the it seriously. Uh, two governments won't cooperate, so you got to make two. And right now they're trying to do artificial insemination on a turtle species because uh, the male has a bitten off phallus. Oh, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah. Thank you for calling it a phallus. That was good of you. You like that? Yeah, turtle. that was that was good. Yeah, I know what you. Uh, I could imagine what you probably would have normally said. So thank you for. Hey, penis. That's correct. That's not bad either. I. I that's still not bad. You're not. But, yeah, I'm not. Are you accusing me of something? This is the interrogation room. No, we've had what what the viewers at home need to understand is we've had many conversations and they usually go south quickly and and pun intended. So, um, I actually was reading. I, I clicked on the story. Um, through our through our news blog. If you don't know, the Turtle Room has a daily news blog, and when they first started, and I've said this on the air before, and I've said this to anyone who's willing to listen to me, which is not many people. Um, the <laughs> when, they, when they first had the idea to make this daily blog, I was like, no way. There's no way this could work. Uh-uh, not a chance. Because there's just not that much news out there. Like I see stories repeated and repeated, and you know. They really make it work. They do it every day, and they've got seven, eight, nine, ten stories a day. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if you haven't yet, go to theturtleroom.com, check out the blog, and then subscribe for the daily newsletter. And you don't have to click into everything, but you know the stories are there. Every single story that ever comes out is there for you. With links to the actual article, we're not stealing, you know, any information. We're just basically making all the information available. It's it's an amazing resource that a lot of people are are, you know, catching on to now. We haven't been doing it for that long. Steve uh, Steve Enders, how many um, how many subscribers do we have now? Like two hundred and thirty or something like that. Um, Did I make that up? No, it's actually I think a little higher than that right now. That's great. Um, yeah. No, 226 total. There you oh, go. Oh, I was right on. And see, yeah, you're right, right if there. it was me, if it was Steve asking me, I'd be, oh yeah, I have 600 now, you know. But but he'll tell you the exact number. That's that's how he rolls. But anyway, the whole reason for me getting off on this tangent is, I I clicked into the story about the the turtle that had that had died, the uh, the uh, famous um, Hong Kim Lake turtle, and. Then I clicked to another story where they talked about how scientists were looking into to cloning that turtle and how they needed to make sure they got uh, one centimeter cube sized chunks out of the turtle from specific areas, like one out of the uh, sexual organ, one out of the like trachea. Uh, I just I found it extremely interesting, and then also found it interesting that it said nothing else about it really besides. The only thing that I kind of picked up on it was the concern was that if they clone the turtle and make a new turtle out of this, that um, it would it would not have the same um, ability to uh, fight off uh, um, bacterium and things like that. You know, it wouldn't have the immune system, the immunities built up that that it should, and that you'd basically be creating like a weaker animal. Um, does that make sense? I kind of follow, kind of don't. 
I mean, you're smart, so I'm looking. You guys are both smarter than I am, so I'm looking to you to see, you know, what your thoughts are on that. And and I'm sorry, I'm I'm dropping on you last minute. John does that to me all the time. I was yeah. like, man, I, I really wish you would plan ahead of time. But I don't know anything about cloning. I don't know if you guys do, but it just sounds really far-fetched to me. Maybe there's stuff that the governments can do that I don't even know about. Maybe there's some cool thing I don't even know about yet. Uh, that was so the cool. immune system is no. You're right. I mean, if you clone an animal, it's you're talking about a bunch of uh, memory cells, long-term memory, uh, IgG antibodies. That that's all a function over time. Um, but it would still have the capability of the immune system. It would have to learn all over again. But I mean, isn't that from? It'd just be like being in a normal hatchling. So I don't. Right. I guess I don't know much enough about that topic of cloning to get that far into it per se. I just, I you know, I read anything that's out there usually pertaining to turtles. One one trick show, and and that's why this show becomes a one trick show because a lot of us are like that. But I've never read anything about it before. You know what I mean? That seemed pretty out there to me. But yeah, we talk about like how sometimes like zoos and things keep animals hatchlings too sterile so that they don't thrive, whereas some keepers, some zoos, institutions will swear by putting some of the adults' water in with the hatchlings so that they could build their immunity up early on and, and that that leads to you know stronger, better better survival rates. There's probably something to the lines of keeping something too clean and you got to find the fine line. You know, I wouldn't keep it in an autoclaved cage by any means. Yeah. It just seems like you're setting an animal up for failure long term. That makes sense, yeah. My wife's like that with the baby, you know, don't let her touch anything. But when she's not looking, I'm taking her down here and and giving her giving her get you. Yeah, I'm you know I take her down in the in the basement here in the in my turtle room and give her like pint glasses full of turtle water. <laughs> You're going to jail. Yeah, so, nobody's watching. No, nobody important who's going to get us in trouble is watching, so it's okay. And that was a joke anyway. Yeah, but I, I use the clean turtle water, like the map turtle enclosure. You know, like it's you know moving a lot, like I. I don't use like the you know the 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 spider tortoise bath water that gets left out. Not not like that. I care. I'm a caring father. My daughter's 18 months. She turned 18 months two days ago. That happened so fast. It's amazing. Yeah, Our son's right behind you. Pointing, wanting to talk to Anthony, and it's just like, no, you can't. You're, you're <laughs> on the internet. You can get the wrong crowd. Isn't it great though? Is is he is he into uh, is he into turtles yet? Uh yeah, he wants to be around me all the time when I'm doing water changes, feeding, anything like that. Which is of course like a huge like if you're oh, not if you're the if you're the type of person who won't give your kid yeah. glasses full of turtle water, then that could be an There's issue. Yeah, a giant ego boost because uh, my wife she gets probably a little bit jealous over the uh, attention I get. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. My daughter actually walks to the basement stairs because all my stuff is down here in the basement. She walks to the basement stairs, and she can't really talk yet. She's not really talking a lot, but uh, she's great. She's great at walking and dancing, and she'll just say like, uh, uh, and like point to the basement stairs, and then I'll say, okay, where do you want to go? I'll open the gate, and then she'll point to the basement door, and then I'll take her down, yep. throw in the Bjorn, and in my man cave down here, I'm six foot eight, and my man cave ceiling is about six foot six, so I have to bend down. I have her in the baby Bjorn, and then I'm doing turtle chores, 
And I tell you something, I have never had back pain in my entire <laughs> life, like I have since I started doing these things. It's so bad, but it's worth That's it because she loves it. Oh, it's it is a lot of stooping over and bending over, but you know what? You're, we're raising a, another generation. Yeah. So you know, and they're gonna like, even if they end up not liking everything that we like, at least they've been exposed to it, and you know, their horizons have been broadened. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Some people say that the children are future. So, speaking of future, what did you do to the normal John? Where, where, where is John? We need the truth. Uh, John, for those that haven't seen him, um, <clears throat> he was... Uh, CBS is doing a special which, in which he's going to play Waldo. And so right now, as part of that important job, none of us know where he is. So, where is Waldo? Right. So you can look. And he's, he's got the shirt on, the stripes. He's tall, skinny. He's got a cane. There's a bunch of people in New York City dressed like him. Are you trying to say he's in jail? No, no, no. With the stripe close. No, it's the red oh. stripes. The red stripes. I was yeah. just making sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Uh, no, he's just... Uh, he's been busy. He works three jobs. He's like... I don't know. He's 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 like a. I don't even. He's know trying to piece it all together. Yeah, he's he's figuring it out. He's figuring it out. You know. Yeah, everybody's got to figure it out. He's like the eighteen-year-old cute girl that moves to L.A. to be an actress. You know, and then all the different things that she finds while she's out there. You know, every one of them could write a book. You know, so John's just kind of like that. He's in New York City right now, doing a whole bunch of different stuff, and uh, he's just busy with it. That's all. But um, he's, he's my special guy, and uh, we miss him. But thanks for asking. Thanks for thanks for rubbing salt in the wound. I appreciate it. <laughs> so so tell me uh, tell me about the injurious wildlife stuff with with the salamanders. Can we talk about that a little bit? We're talk about some salamander stuff. I want to talk about some salamander stuff. This is good. This is like the first time right. we're going to talk about uh, some salamander oh, there, stuff. There it is. Alright, so this is kind of a big deal, maybe not for turtle people yet, but it could very well be. Um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife took it upon themselves without any kind of um, legal recourse they just laid the smack down and said, okay, we're going to put all these salamanders and newts on the Lacey Act, which is 201 salamander. Now, that's pretty much a lot of the hobby. Uh, and it's, it's due to a fungus that we do not have yet, but a preventative measure. So I, I give them credit. I, I give them credit. They're trying to prevent disease. Or is it more? No, I. Um, I'm this split. is the statement here that there's disagreement on. Responding to science that shows it is an imminent threat. Yep. Yeah, I mean that well, wording, that that you know that wording right there. I mean, play semantics a little bit here, but but that's not what's shown. There's not there's not re there's not research or science that suggests that all. 21 of these are 201. I mean, the, the, the that is a lot. 
That's a that's a lot. I haven't even had that many Twinkies in my life, and that's saying something. Oh, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't like Twinkies. That's why. Now, funny bones. I've had that many funny bones in my life. So, you know, this has a lot of fallout. Uh, there's people that are keeping salamanders and newts from various countries like Iran. Uh, Kaiser's newt. Uh, it's on CITES. I can tell you that. It's very <clears throat> uncommon in its range. And all this is going to do is create a bunch of heartache for people that are trying to work with that species. Um, you know, let's face it, zoos do work with private people on occasion, not just general laymen, but they will work with people because they need genetics too. Mm -hmm. So when you lay down such blanket prohibitions for preventing, I, I use these quotes, preventing a disease that we don't have coming in, yeah. um, okay, we'll do this for salamanders, but oh, this goes back to my last podcast. We dropped the ball on Ebola. We dropped it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so... And... Everything I can look up research-wise, there is a cure. There is a treatment to this. You guys are better than me with with uh, legislation, laws, uh, and things like that. So I understand, I understand CITES. CITES is basically international trade. So if something's CITES two listed, it's going to be really tough, and there's going to be a lot of red tape to get it shipped from a different country to the U.S. and vice versa. If something's CITES one, then it's not going to be. Um, Transported without a ton of, uh, without you being, you know, a, a zoo and having it be a really important project. It's, it basically, it's not going to happen. Then we have the ESA, which is the Federal Endangered Species Act, which happens here, and that limits the interstate commerce of a species. So you can you can sell it within your state if it's already there, but it has to be there pro uh, proven to be there um, legally. And then there are state laws, which basically govern the animal just in that state. So where does the Lacey Act and where does this legislation fit in among those other ones? Is it more like, I would assume it's more like the federal stuff where you can't... It is federal. So it, it is, is federal. federal. The Lacey Act covers what they call injurious species. Yep. And within the past year, um, Congress passed a categorical exclusion that enables the Fish and Wildlife Service to act uh, in this manner with out the comment period without the legislation if there is they feel an imminent threat uh, you know that <clears throat> that trade uh, uh, of species needs to come to a halt um, <laughs> and there isn't necessarily one uh, a, a one-size-fits-all rule with the Lacey Act I mean in general there is no interstate uh, transportation and some other things the Lacey Act covers a bunch of different pieces if something's brought into the U.S. illegally, every time it gets transferred after that, it's a violation of another part of the Lacey Act, um, as I recall. So there's there's several different pieces of the Lacey Act, and it is federal, which is why it's the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that uh, makes the decisions related to said act. And there's not going to be any CBW permit for anything that's on the Lacey Act? Not a CBW. There are permits that can be gotten. Um, in fact, the um, the listing here specifies that permits may be granted for the importation or transportation of specimens of injurious wildlife for scientific, medical, educational, or zoological purposes. Interesting. I'd love to 
over time see how that um, you know how that stacks up against the CBW, which is the permit you get um, to keep species that are listed on the Endangered Species Act. Right. But this obviously has that added wrinkle of them being dangerous. That you know, that's wild. That's really wild. Steve well, and I um, took some time digging around and hmm, um, found some of the permit applications, et cetera, to keep on hand as well. Because this could has the potential to occur to anything. You know, it can happen to turtles and horses. Look what they did with sulcatas and leopards with uh, what is it, heart water disease? Right. Coming out of those ticks. That's why we don't get those in anymore. You know. Right. So, with it, you know, who knows? Who knows? Right. Or with the with the four inch law as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's that's over four decades ago now, but still, it just goes to show you that something happens. I don't remember if the four python species did end up getting listed on the Lacey Act. Do you guys remember when they were after the um, the incidents where you know the, the Kid or kids were... Some of that's still tied up in court, but as far as I knew last, Burmese pythons, um, I want to say yellow anacondas, rock pythons, uh, they're, they're considered invasive, injurious. Uh, they're not to cross state lines. Now, there was the question on retics and green anacondas, and I'm not sure of the status on that. I know U.S. ARC has... Or did have some of that tied up in court, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. It's getting to be a kind of a legislative nightmare as far as keeping anything anymore. Because I don't know, you know, I, I see some of the the good that could come from it, but where's all the funding going to come for the extra enforcement that's needed to even catch one person? You know, right? We're talking about salamanders here, right? You know, we're like, salamander police for real. Yeah, they're uh, like, oh, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. I can't. Two hundred and one species, though. That's so. A federal offense for moving one species. that say it doesn't matter how long you've been captive breeding that. You know, lion right. get albinos, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, just because it has the potential to carry a fungus that we don't have, you take it across state lines and you create a federal fence. Right. Um, <clears throat> one of the things with this um, law as well is it's uh, currently technically in interim status, and they are uh, accepting comments um, on or before um, March 14th, 2016. Um, so it is possible that, you know, through the comment period, if um, the proper... Um, arguments are successfully made that this rule could be uh, stopped as opposed to being converted from an interim rule to a, a permanent rule. Dang. That's a... That's a sad happening, man. That's a sad... What I mean, if you looked at the hobby 30 years ago and then looked at it today, you'd be really disheartened by... Um, how things have gone over the years. The, Even the past ten years. Yeah, it's it's been it's changed so much. It really has. I, it, some of it's good too. I mean, now you're buying captive bred animals instead of the you know the Im imported animals and, and stuff. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of legislation that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Here in Connecticut, you can have one eastern box turtle. That's great, so that every single household can just take an adult animal from the wild for their own amusement. But you can't have three of them and breed them and start it. You know, and and the household. What's that? It's one per household out there. One per household. Like what? What is that helping? What? Oh well, we'll give you a little leeway because we're nice. Like no, that it, that makes like, no sense. Turtle overlords are going to be coming, get into like the rental business. I. <laughs> you know, if you have a bunch of rentals, you can have like twelve of them. Yeah. Right. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, just keep them in different rooms in different houses, in the same du duplex. Yeah. I don't know. Legit. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. But then they'd breed, and 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 then you'd be breaking the law. But the thing is, nobody enforces it here either. It's just it's all just ridiculous. And for people, it's it's like you know, it's like gun laws. It keeps the and I don't. I'm not getting political, and I definitely don't oh, want to get are. political with you. I don't. I don't. I'm just saying that you know, that one of the arguments which I might happen to believe with a little bit is, you know, gun laws keep guns out of the hands of the good guys who would do things right, right? Well, not yeah. like really strict gun laws. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know if if everyone needs a machine gun. You might you might think differently. We don't know. Those are pretty hard to obtain to begin with. Yep. Right. But you get what I'm saying. Like you know, the the people we see people doing things that are illegal every day on the classified ads, and some of it's really oh, small yeah. stuff, and yeah, some of it's really big stuff, and it doesn't matter. You know, only so many people are actually persecuted to the point where if we hear about someone getting arrested, we we cheer and text each other and giggle like schoolgirls because we see it all the time and it's so frustrating because we follow the rules. So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> but um, so we we have a question. We do have a question. Uh, Mel Cheel joins us um, <clears throat> on. Uh, the Google, our Google Plus page and says, uh, "What is the process of getting a CBW, which is the captive bred wildlife permit, uh, to keep an ESA? Well, not to keep an ESA species, but to um, allow for interstate uh, uh, transit of an inter of a of an ESA species, and to buy them and yeah, yeah, right. So um, I can talk about that a little bit. I, I." I have mine. I know Steve Enders, you have yours as well. We basically got them for hold on, back. Prove it. Um, we basically got those just to be on the right side of things because we um, we just wanted to have it for the future. If other animals get listed in the future, we want to have it. Um, it'd be easier to add some than to get the <laughs> permit. Um, so basically, there's an application that you fill out, and it's 200 bucks. You send it in, you wait for several months, and then they get back to you and let you know if you got the permit. Um, they ask you things about your current facility, what animals you're keeping at this time, and what animals you want to list on the permit. Um, we went through a gentleman who specializes in people helping get theirs, and you pay an extra fee on top of it. Um, I don't well, mind. He walks you through the process, yeah. and, which leads to a greater chance of success because he makes sure you don't put things on it you maybe shouldn't put on, etc. He's an expert in the process, so when you go to do that, um, he, you know, his help is is really, um, it's quite advantageous to to uh, utilize him 
if you have the means to do so. If you're interested, feel free to email me, anthony at theturtleroom.com, and I can tell you about the process and put you in touch with him. He's a great guy, and I don't mind giving him uh, any business. So if you really want to make sure you get it, then, then we could do that. Um, couple details to think about. Um, you'll need to, to have pictures that demonstrate you have the space to keep the species that you want to get listed on the permit. Um, don't try to list any species native to the United States. Uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife is not in the practice of giving out e uh, CBW permits for U.S. native species at this time. Uh, everybody we know who has species listed, they are all non-U.S. Uh, natives. Um, Chris Leone, uh, one of our one of our uh, team members here at the Turtle Room, he has probably as many, if not the most amount of turtle species of anybody we know on his permit. Uh, he's got just about everything that every turtle species they're giving a permit for, he has listed on on his. So he's uh, um, a, a good person to talk to about this process as well. Um, so, uh, like Anthony mentioned, you can uh, contact Anthony, and then uh, we can get you in touch with uh, with uh, Chris if you if we can't answer your question, since he has uh, done a bit more with his CBW than we have. They also won't list any animals that are not being bred at institutions or by people who have CBWs for that species. So, if you see some tent turtles pop up in New York City. On Fauna hey, Classifieds? Yeah. I've seen those. Have you seen them? I me too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see them. I'm like, oh, I'm right there. I could just, I could just have John buy them and keep them for a while and then, and then drive them to me when he comes for Thanksgiving. I'm just kidding. We don't see each other on Thanksgiving and I wouldn't have him do that. But the thought has crossed my mind because I am human and I can't help what thoughts happen, but I can help how I act on them. Um, that's called responsibility, I think. Um, it's probably called other things too, but I'm going to stop thinking of. Uh, it's called oak being covered. Yeah. So anyway, um, so you see them and you want them and you have your CBW. So then you go to your contact who specializes in CBWs. You say, why can't I get those on my permit so that I can buy those or have them if they were transported to me or what have you? And the answer is because nobody with a CBW is breeding them. So. If you were smart and you were that person in New York, instead of trying to get money for them, you would get them to somebody in New York who has a CBW, and I'm, it probably still wouldn't work because they probably got there illegally anyway. So Especially whatever. that species. Yeah, right. So that's a bad example. But the point is they won't, list, they won't get, let you list it on your CBW until, you, until somebody with a CBW is breeding them because otherwise how would you acquire them? That's the thought process there. Um, so I have another question from uh, from a Tory. Hello, Tory. And Tory says, "How many eggs can a turtle lay? How long do they stay? And how long do they stay pregnant for?" So the word is is in in reptiles is gravid, not pregnant, and they'll be they they. Um, what would you say for the length of uh, how long a turtle would be gravid for? That's totally species dependent. Yeah. But uh, give a rough estimate. Do you know a couple that are on the opposite ends of the spectrum as far as that? I don't. No. I can't think of... <laughs> you, you keep track of how long the eggs are in them. We want the eggs out. 
Yeah, right. It's tough sometimes too to know when you know, and especially if they're kept in communal settings, which which breeding did the job, that sort of thing. But, um, uh, gestation times probably. I'm gonna throw this out there, and it may be very far off because, well, I just never keep track of gestation times. Sixty days to who knows? Thirty days, sixty days. I, I honestly, that's one parameter that I've never ever kept track of. Right, and the other thing too is that you may not know, Tori, and other other viewers out there, is that um, turtles and other animals um, can store sperm for a long time, so oh, yeah. they can be laying eggs from a prior, uh, you know, uh, uh, population experience, and <laughs> that sounds so funny. And um, so it can be tough to know. You you know you may have put the female with the male, and you're thinking that that was when everything happened, but actually that wasn't when everything happened. It was from a mating that took place two years ago. Um, and then to the other question, how many eggs do they lay? A lot of the species that I keep, because I live in the cold north and have a limited amount of space, are very small, and a lot of those turtles lay one egg. Um, at a time, sometimes several clutches in a in a year, maybe two or three clutches, uh, maybe sometimes two eggs. But there are species that can lay over a hundred eggs um, in a single nesting. So, um, really depends on the species and the, the size of the the size of the species. And uh, some of those bigger species really start extremely small, and will grow an incredible amount over its lifetime. And if you can imagine having a baby that's like the size of your I don't know, like your your eyeball. That's pretty amazing. Um, and I think most mothers, including my wife, would sign up for that. But um, are you a little marsupial? Yeah, like yeah, just put it in the pouch for a while. Yeah, let it you know, grow up in the pouch. I was actually thinking about that. I was. That's kind of weird. Marsupials are weird, real weird. They yeah. are fascinating too. Yeah, well, I'll give I'll give it to them. Anything born the size of a bean and they crawls into a pouch and attaches to a teat until it's ready to hey, here's the world. That's cool. Can we say <laughs> can we say teat on the air? Yes. Yeah, we can say teat. Yes. Teat. Is that on the ban is that on the list of injurious words? <laughs> you are on your injurious. <laughs> These are all correct terms. If I was if I was a a, a boxer, that would be my nickname. Anthony Injurious Pierleone. It would strike fear into the hearts of my opponents before getting pum pummeled. Namely children. Yeah. Handicap matches, like the 1980s wrestling. I would wear really tall leather boots that came up above my knee. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they don't do those anymore. I'm pretty sure it's kind of from. <laughs> I would I would throw readier sliders at my opponents. <laughs> uh, chucking the red ears. Yeah, unlimited resource. That's a that's a, a uh, occupational humor uh, a piece of occupational humor there because readier sliders are very common in the pet trade so much so that they're now being euthanized because there's no homes for them, but they keep being bred in large numbers. And sold to you and your friends at PetSmart. And you guys buy them. 
we keep buying them. We keep buying them. I've been I've spent more time consoling a person via YouTube the past couple days about a recent purchase of some red ear sliders than I have talking to my wife about you know her struggles in in the home because you know I'm you know that's what type of guy I am. I'm a good person. I take care of what's important. Worst. <laughs> Listen, I have to put a plug in. Steve, I don't know if you have it ready, but could we could we throw the calendar up there one more time? Uh, yeah, we can and we should. We can and we should. Good, because you're my con you're my conscience. So. And uh, February's uh, picture is actually the cover image as well. So sweet, which is a really good image. Steve, you're my Jiminy Cricket. You're like, you know, you're there to keep keep me in check. So. If you think it's a good idea to show the calendar, I think we should. Show I did. It. I wanted to talk about it just one more time, uh, being that it's February 1st. Um, the calendar. Uh, through the end of this month, we are still collecting... Uh, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Turtle Survival Alliance's Turtle Survival Center. So you've got 28 more days to purchase a calendar and have your contribution go to the TSA's Turtle Survival Center. Yeah, what he said. Support it. Do it. Just do it. No, honestly, uh, and here's the, the TSA plug. I have seen the inception all the way to where they are now, and their growth and what they're doing around the world is simply nothing less than phenomenal. So if you got a few spare bucks, you want to see some pretty pictures, you want to help out a good cause, here you go. The calendars are great. I have one right here that I haven't opened yet. They come... Uh, I think I owe somebody some money yet. So, <laughs> I so always owe Steve money. It's the worst. He's so sweet. Bless his heart. I always owe him money. I've, I've, I've broken people's knuckles for less. <gasps> but, but, but I'm trying to open this. They're, they're, they're individually wrapped with a piece of cardboard inside for stability. So you know that you won't have any creased corners. Which will, which, so you don't have to worry about depreciating the resale value. Um, and I can't even open this, so you know the package well. What is the resale value after a, of a calendar already used from the previous year? I think about fifty cents at a reptile show. Fifty cents, I'd say, total uh, per calendar. That's yeah, because for the pictures, but I don't want to know, like you know, when Aunt, Aunt Edna's birthday is, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful calendar. I mean, it's really really high quality stuff. There's pancake tortoises from our friend Andrew Hermes at uh, Arizona Tortoise Compound. There's some. By the way, that species only lays one egg at a time, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and actually they're really interesting. They will, they go, they live in um, habitat with uh, kind of like rocky outcrops, um, yep. like shelves almost. And and they have adapted. They're flat like a pancake, hence the name. They're not that flat, but you know, like a big pancake, like I would eat. And like they get pancake. Yeah, like a thick pancake, like a very thin pancake. They they go under the uh, the in the shelving in the in the crevices, the nooks and crannies, to use another breakfast reference. And then they have a hey, soft. Huh? Yeah, you're hang out with me, man. It's just buffets, three meals a day. <laughs> And uh, they have a soft part in their plastron, and they will take in air and expand in the in the um, hole that they're in, so that you you cannot pull them out. So that's really a cool thing about that species. 
Keep going. I saw some Spangler Eye coming up. Show them. Yeah, there, there was some Spangler Eye and some babies. Yeah, we did that last month. We went through the whole calendar. Well, we're going through some of it again. Well, when you <laughs> repetition is the key to sales. I saw that on, a, on an infomercial <laughs> once. Sean Billy T. Billy Mays taught you that one, right? Yeah, the guy from Insanity, Sean T. He's, he's selling size now. It's on every morning when my wife gets up at 4.45 in the morning to take a shower. <laughs> so bad. But I want to buy size now because I've seen that. Size with a C. C-I-Z-E. It's short for exercise. It stands for the end of exercise. Get it? The end of the word exercise is size. Get it? You guys following me here? Do you want to buy it yet or no? You no. Well, I'm not buying your lingo, dude. <laughs> I should take a. I, I'm not going to go back to school and get my MBA. They'll eat me alive. I don't know. Right after that, our viewers dropped <clears throat> to the lowest they've been tonight. So, well, I. Uh, yeah. Bedtime. That's why. You could have watched me in college with the ladies, and, and I could have told you that viewers would have left as soon as I started talking. I'm just saying. Did they say you were better when you weren't talking? Like just standing there smiling? Yeah. <laughs> they were always interested when they just saw me, which was surprising, yeah. But when I spoke, that's See. what went downhill. Yeah. So, so I have another question. These are actually real questions, okay? Okay. Because I got a note from, from from Steve and Steve here in our little chat box making fun of me when I when I read Tori's question, uh, telling me that they thought that my that question wasn't real. But it, it was real, and so <laughs> is this next one. So uh, our good friend Hector would like to know. This is real. Hector, okay. like from from uh, the Iliad, <clears throat> would like to know um, if if animals come into the country illegally, wouldn't they be confiscated? Ideally, in ideal world, yes. But in reality, no. Yes and no. Back in the day, and I say the day, like I'm sure there's a lot older people that have been doing this much longer than I am. Is like, no, you have no idea what the day is, and that that's great. Uh, we used to see fly river turtles. We've seen uh, those Philippine pond turtles. We've seen all sorts of stuff come in under the radar. Uh, Japanese wood turtles, those little japonica. There, that's what I'm looking for. Um, all cura, all that stuff just came in kind of under the radar. Yeah. And uh, past 15 years, they've caught up. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure it still happens, but probably to a lot lesser extent. I mean, it almost seems like every day I'm checking in my mailbox that uh, someone's getting in trouble for stuffing turtles in their pants and trying to cross the border somewhere. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Um... I don't know when that article was, but yeah, there was the. Um, do you remember when it was? No, not offhand, but I yeah. can't remember the guy's name Girls either. In your pants, really? Yeah. Sean, Sean's Sean's reptiles or something? Sean, his name was Sean something. So he's on fauna and he's selling all these like rare species, and then he would you would contact people. And I'm talking about faunaclassifieds.com, where where people sell one of the one of the many places where people sell live animals, <clears throat> and he would make uh, connections with people, and he would say, like, well, for some, there's some excuse, but he could only meet you at a certain time. Well, that's because that's when he was crossing the Canadian border to come and sell them to people. 
And he was all over the place. He was working hard trying to sell animals. I even found, I even found an ad on on Craigslist in Connecticut. It was like Hartford Craigslist, and this guy was working out of like Ohio or something. So he had Craigslist like all over the country. He's coming across to Detroit, Michigan. Okay, and and um, Detroit. I, so you do remember it. Um. So. So. I contact him and realize it's the same guy I've been seeing on Fauna, and you knew something was up. You just knew it because all these animals, oh, zoo, you know, zoo produced, captive bred, whatever, really rare stuff, and everyone was you really know, drooling over it. Yeah, that was, he was selling galbanum for people over Christmas. I remember that. This was the guy, Sean yeah. something. Yep. He's, you know, he had a group of, he had a group of, of Spangler Eye too. Spangler Eye is, are the black-breasted leaf turtles from Vietnam and China, and uh, what Steve is talking about, Galbinifrons, that's the flowerback or Indo-Chinese. Sorry for the outdated term, uh, box turtle, um, which is a very beautiful species that um, most of us are not worthy of. Anyway, we'll go pull it out. Show everybody. Do you want me to show them yeah, mine? Mine, mine. Show it. All right. Back in the gif. Getting out the galb. What? His name's Prince, right? I think his name is still Prince. We haven't had to change it to Princess. Well, we don't know yet. We need some like theme music for this. <clears throat> Uh, maybe maybe Chris and I should record a podcast theme song. Yeah. Oh, what a good idea. <laughs> podcast, podcast. They're the biggest nerds you know. Podcast, podcast. <laughs> Get out a couple guitars. Anywhere uh, there's turtles, they'll go. A saxophone will be good. That's the problem. It has to be something we've written if we're going to keep monetizing these on YouTube. Hold on. Hold on. Is that like Judge Judge Joe Brown or something? <laughs> That'd be the People's Court. People's Sorry. Court. Oh, my mother was on the People's Court one time. That's kind of scary. I'm scared. Not for bad things. Here it is. It is. Hey. Oh, like I've been buried in dirt. Yeah, I was going to say, this turtle's so dirty right now. But <laughs> You can see. Well, that's the way they like it. Doing okay, even after hissing at me a bunch just now. Well, so, no, you haven't gotten no. on your own, right? Have I, have I ever what? No, you haven't gotten peed on yet, so you're doing all right. Check this out. Oh, that's love. You're going to get something. He's going to need to wash his lips. To all yeah, of our well, viewers, don't do that. Don't be like Anthony. And if you do, wash your lips. I'm going to tell you something. I would gladly get salmonella from this turtle. And I would wear it like a badge of honor. Okay? <laughs> While you're defecating blood. While I'm defecating blood. As a kid, I used to eat the squirrels on Oregon Trail and get dysentery all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was so elementary school. Remember? It was, it was high school for me, man. I was a slow learner. Almost as bad as... I'm asking me if I was going to eat a Galapagos tortoise sandwich. Yeah, I'd eat, I eat. No, not a Galapagos tortoise sandwich, but I eat a tortoise sandwich. Mm -hmm. It looks mm -hmm. good. 
Bishi, Good, right? It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Check out that butt. That butt, though. <laughs> that that may be girl, right? That it's small. I like girls with small butts. Well, I will not call you Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, no, definitely the opposite <laughs> of Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, I prefer... This is really awkward. Why? Because we're talking about butts on a, on a show about reptiles? Um, no, because you're talking about turtle butts. Well, it's an important part of the anatomy. Well, yeah, I mean... For for most species, for people who don't know, for most species, you can differentiate the the, the gender. You can discern the gender of a, a a turtle by the tail. Usually, more than anything, a lot of people will say, "Well, the, you know, the nails first, the front claws." But that's actually with a lot of the common sliders, like we talked about, or painted turtles. A lot of common uh, North American pond species. Um, but but the tail is really um, yep telltale sign, pun intended. But that uh, species, absolutely. Yeah, uh, there's and, uh, a few secondary characteristics in galbenafrons that, I mean, they don't have any uh, plastral indentation or anything like that. The males are subtly different. Their skull structure is just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, their forelimbs are huge, mm -hmm. at least sexually mature males. Um, but that individual, it'll be interesting. That one was incubated really low. Not that I know anything about that, but it was incubated low. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that. Steve is an expert in this species, uh, among others as well, and and that he's also is. he's also an expert on um, acclimating acclimating species to, to captivity. So when a bunch of animals were were imported in the past, especially around the turn of the century, just ninety eight percent of them died. And it's amazing because turtles, as we know, are known for living forever. Some of them did last a long time, but most people just bought them for cheap and killed them, bought them for cheap and killed them. And, not, and didn't necessarily kill them, but didn't give them the, the care that they needed, and we were kind of figuring out on the go at that point. And he really is an expert in that area. So anytime there's... Well, you become alive or killing him, because I've done both. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, how good you are, when you're, when you're dealing with fresh imports... It, what you know, bad things are going to happen. But you know, the the success you've had and the knowledge that you have is the knowledge really you've had in the past twenty years is phenomenal as far as what we've gained. Right. So, and the technology as well. I mean, uh, and then there's some species that we never really have been able to. I was just talking to uh, Jared about um, the snail eaters. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, uh, the darn shame that nobody's. Uh, I think Japan might have some of it figured out. Europe probably has some of it figured out, but for whatever reason, I don't know anyone offhand, and that doesn't really mean anything in relativity. But uh, they just die. They do nothing but die. Right. So it'd be nice to see those around more. I, I'm not even sure if they're on sites or if they are. They're not a, a high priority species. Right. 
But, yeah, I still got some uh, trophies in the freezer. Not very proud of that. Anybody here, listeners, know someone that wants them? Call this guy. Dead turtles. I actually, listen, I actually know a guy who buys dead turtles. Okay, I have to tell you this story. Steve Enders, I haven't told you yet. I owe you money, and I haven't sent it to you, and this is why. So I drive out, I drive out to New Haven to meet this guy to sell him a dead turtle because when you have a lot of turtles, sometimes this happens. So I go out there, and I'm driving up, and I get there, and I'm so excited because he's standing on the sidewalk. So I go to like give him a, an excited wave like Forrest Gump when he sees Lieutenant Dan and crashes his boat. You know what I'm talking about? That moment. That's how I am. And I'm like, oh, Lieutenant so Dan! Okay. Now that's Lieutenant Dan. That's what I said. So I'm waving at him, and I hop right over the curb and pop my tire. Now, I call AAA. AAA won't come out because my wife has AAA. They won't come to me. So there goes my logic for if I ever got stuck. So I have to call like a tow company to come and put my donut on because when I go to change my tire, the car falls off the jack. Because I'm not just going to call a tow company to fix my tire. I'm going to fix it myself. I'm a grown man. So grown man. So <laughs> I got the money, which was the money that I was going to send to Steve that I owe him for calendars and, and a portion of a uh, four-eyed turtle that we bought together. And... Um, I had to spend it on a tow truck. So that's what happened. The second I got it from the guy who I was visiting, I literally turned around and handed it to a tow guy and left with my donut still having to get my tire fixed. So all of that really happened. <laughs> that sounds just about right for an Anthony yeah. story, to be honest. Yeah, and that's a t- totally true story. Oh, totally. no doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't even make it up. I couldn't even make it up. But the guy is a really nice guy. He's got a very you know, a, a, uh, a, a rapidly growing collection of dead oddities and rarities, and he's, he's a nice guy, so I, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to do anything with him. If there's one that I would, then I would, I would keep it. I still have some, but I don't have a need to have a whole freezer full. No offense, because I know that you do. But well, over I, years, this stuff happens. I've got... I'd say there's probably... And this is terrible, but they, they're they just in deep freeze. That's all they are. Probably 25, honest number. Now, That's less they're, than I would... They're in their own freezer, so, you know, I mean, no worry about that. But, you know, if I can find a museum or anyone that wants them and says, hey, you know, I'll pay shipping, I'll say, here you go. Because I, I'm not going to preserve them, do anything like that. It's just too much time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, real quick, because we want to start wrapping up, but I, I want to hit a couple okay. more questions because we have questions and we don't want to leave people hanging. So okay. I have hanging. Bring it. I have one more. Um, are there turtles that can survive in the snow? And uh, yeah. they say that they say that they saw an article about a wood turtle. They think it's called. Yep. Uh, wood turtle is very, 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 very cold hardy. Probably some of the earliest, if not the earliest. Well, you might be able to argue that, but you can see them on a, well, we both know through a friend of ours that uh, you can see them basking in the snow when it gets a little bit warmer. Recent picture by Chris, Chris Leone, right? And I'll also say, um, I went out just today um, to an ice-covered um, ex-cranberry bog 
former cranberry bog that, that is now uh, over kind of just left to be wild and it's a great uh, spotted turtle um, habitat and I actually saw spotted turtles today now it was warm but there's snow on the ground and and the entire pond was ice besides maybe a few holes here and there so it was almost like watching how like seals or, or penguins you know, on the Discovery Channel, will be like jumping through holes in the ice and going back on. I'm like trying that. to picture that. Can you give me a little bit of animation to help me out? I I did I did pretty well, didn't I? I did, my words are painting a picture for you, Steve. You should appreciate it. I I do. But uh, wood turtles, spotted turtles, boiling turtles, um, some painted turtles. I've heard eastern painteds, I believe. Western painteds are supposedly really cold hardy. They're one of the um, most studied uh, semi-aquatics as far as like scientific research and stuff, besides red ears. The Just saying. Rats. Life in a Life in a Shell. What's his life name, David? Shell. Yeah, the that that's a good book. That's a good book. And they talk a lot about that, like like what research and stuff, and, and most of it is Western painted, especially the stuff around cold tolerance. But uh, Steve Enders, you had uh, one more question. We did. Um, Mel had another question. Uh, what are your opinions on the large-scale turtle farming uh, that happens in Asia? He particularly mentions species like Pelodiscus sinensis that are being bred in huge numbers. What do you think, Rosan? Let me know. <clears throat> what do you want? He wants to. Honestly, I'm not worried about Pelodiscus, and here's the deal. Uh, different cultures have different tastes in many more ways than one. Uh, if turtle species are going to be eaten, I would rather see those that are commercially bred at a viable number than, say, your Trifasciata or your um, insert uber-rare turtle of choice. Trifasciata, the, uh, what is that, three-lined? Three three-lined, golden coin turtle, whatever they've called them. They call it several different so that's a that's a rare box turtle that's more more aquatic than some of the other of the genus Cora. Um, so, you know, uh, it's a soft shell, yeah. Uh, in most states, soft shells in snapping turtles, at least here, are considered game species still. So, and some people do eat them. Um, I don't really have anything against. Uh, the problem comes when you get to sustainability. For example, Indiana, my state, finally, just finally this year, brought down the daily possession limit of 25, yes, 25, soft shells, snapping turtles, down to four. Four is still a lot. That's a, That could be a lot of pounds. Five. You're wiping out miles of a creek. Right. That's amazing to me. Wow. Nobody, nobody would even catch those after a very short amount of time. So, uh, How many people were hitting that quota? I have no idea, but you know, you see it all the time, people trying to sell snapping turtles overseas, you know, for a long time. Uh, Florida snapping turtle prices were just astronomically high because they were selling them to China. Right. Well, we've seen that recently with a few species that were being sold to Asia where the price went out through the roof. really made me sad because a couple of those species were ones that I always had on my radar and that I had plans to try to acquire and set up breeding groups for. And the next thing you know, they're going for like $2,000 each overnight when they were you couldn't give them away before that. 
So as far as the farming, back to the question, I don't have, I don't see a problem with it personally, as long as it's done in a sustainable manner. Um, and the other thing that I don't like about some of that farming is the hybridization of species, whether intentional or otherwise. You know, where you get like Trifossia crossed with Mutica, or you yeah. know, and then you get people online trying to pass it off as pure. And I'm sure they get a few takers, but that. You're gonna have shady aspects of any business, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. And I'll say too, we're not we're not necessarily um, tree huggers or 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 pe that's such a negative term. I apologize, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> For forgive my my broad approach to the English language, but uh, you know, or, or we're not necessarily PETA either. We're we're you know every turtle is, you know. I eat hamburgers, and I would eat turtle. I never have, but I've eaten alligator. I, I, I love alligators. Have you eaten turtle before? Yes. There you go. So there's a couple guys who absolutely love turtles and, and build their life around turtles, but, but would and one has eaten turtle. And uh, Enders, Steve Enders, would you would you eat turtle? Right situation, yeah. You would? Right situation. I mean, Peter yeah. Pritchard ate plenty of turtle. Yeah, right, exactly. So I think I, you know, I eat a thousand red ears in one sitting. I'm not even joking. I hate this. And, that, and that, that's that's the next part that I was going to to um, to talk about just really quickly to wrap this question up, because we have one more. But um, <laughs> you you, you <laughs> I'm watching the conversation on the right. The the large scale farming that happens in Louisiana in our own country is much more concerning to me than what happens in China. I think what happens in China is great because they can't meet the demands and that's why so many species in Southeast Asia and are, extinct, are, are, are um, critically endangered and why so many around the world are dwindling uh, their populations to meet the demand for turtle. So if they can produce them in farms, terrific. And, and and here I have a little more of a problem because the red ears there is a surplus of red ear sliders, um, but but PetSmart and Petco want the four inch red ear sliders, not the twelve inch red ear sliders. And um, Chinatown and overseas want the baby sliders, and they're all for the pet trade and and they're basically disposable pets because they're bred so easily down there that they're sold for very small amounts to people who don't have the means to take care of them. And then, you know, next thing you know, uh, rescues like our friends at the Mid-Atlantic Turtle Tortoise Society are overrun with them, and animals have to be euthanized. So yes. it's it's a sad thing. But, um, but, but that's more of a concern. And really, I mean, if they're raising them up to eat them, terrific. Because if, if, if they're eating a Chinese soft shell and they're less likely to, to eat, you know, a, a rare species like Steve mentioned, then, then more power to them. Enders, what's the, what's the last question? Last question. Our good friend Andrew says, my son has no interest in my tortoise keeping. How do I get him excited about it? He is 13 and does not like work of any kind. Oh, oh, oh. Huh. This is so good. Is this our real good friend, Andrew? This is our real good friend. Oh, man, that's so awesome. That's a really complicated question. Wow, he's 13 and has no interest in it. And he's trying to get. Huh. I think I think I think what Andrew has to realize is that turtles and reptiles are not necessarily that cool. And when you're when you're trying to you know figure out how you might you know get your first girlfriend, 
Hey, your first girlfriend. I'll say your, your first girlfriend. Not your. I won't say some first something else. Then your because I I went away from it for a while too. I've loved turtles since I was five years old. I really didn't do much of with them in high school because you're so worried about fitting in, looking cool, that sort of thing. And it wasn't until I got to college and I could you know dunk a basketball with ease that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get some turtles. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Six foot eight, walking in the dining hall. You know, people take notice. Oh, that's the big guy. That's not the turtle guy. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, it takes confidence to realize that he's got a really cool thing going on, um, right in his backyard. I, I think at that age, you're not going to be able to force anything. If I remember right, those teenage years were kind of weird. Yeah. So the early part of them. Once you get to like the mids and the later's, you start yeah. forward progressing towards something. Who knows what that is? But. Um, Maybe money. Think about it. Teenagers always <laughs> want money. That's true. Well, pay him some money to go take care of him. You know, he might learn a few things about him. Um, I don't know. That's true. That's true. Because it's it's a business, so it pays the bills. Yeah. It's just the money to go see a movie, Denzel Washington movie, with your love interest. Yeah. Yeah, you can go uh, see that new X Men movie that's coming out. Um, I can't even think of the name right now. It's drawing a blank. Deadpool? Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. That looks funny, except I liked it better when it was called Hitchcock. Well, what do you want me to do? I don't know anything about... I, I know a lot about movies, but I don't know a lot about comics and stuff, so forgive me. But, Sorry. But I think Sorry. the other thing, too, is he's 13, so he's not thinking about what he wants to do with his life necessarily as much as he oh. will be. So if you're looking at like someone who's 17, 18, 19, and is realizing that they have some cool knowledge and it's cool experience just by osmosis, just by living in the house, and um, it comes time to like make a resume and you have to talk about what interesting things you've done in your life, what has an 18-year-old done that's more interesting than living on a turtle farm? That's true. Think, um, eventually you learn to embrace it and say, like, wow, this is really cool that I was able to do that. You know, and even if they don't want to do anything within the future, I mean, like you and I were talking about not too long ago, it, what a great conversation piece on a resume. Yeah, and that's I talk I talk about all the time. That's why I'm doing turtle stuff with my with my clients now at the at the program I work I run. It's because when you sit down for a job interview and you start talking about some rare turtle species, it's like, well, first of all, this person cares about the earth, the environment. They're they're smart. They're they're smarter than I am. I can't tell anyone a scientific name of an animal. So like that type of stuff automatically, because that's what an interview is. It's a game, and you're trying to show how smart, reliable, you know, creative you are. And that's how, exactly how much you have per se. How, how many much ground you have? That's the name of my program. I'm wearing the shirt. A couple of them are watching tonight, so I wanted to show I wanted to show them the shirt. So, but listen, but 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 but. That's what being a turtle and tortoise keeper is. It's yep. caring. It's caring about things that are are bigger than yourself, and/or the way you look at it, much smaller than ourselves because there's such a smaller life form. And it's, it's they're going to live a lot longer than us. So it's caring Some about the future. It's caring about it's caring about um, the environment and and science and it's the creativity to set up all the enclosures. And it's it's branding. Much of it is small. If you look at what Andrew does, it's a small business that is really international. 
So it's it's writing, it's marketing, it's um, it's social media, it's everything, and he has experience in all of that just through osmosis, just through being there with his dad, and that's a huge thing. And he'll realize that I think when it comes time to to figure out, well, how am I going to make my way in life? You know what I mean? So to answer Andrew's question, what what kind of conclusion do we have? Better you than me. Yeah, I'd say uh, show me the Benjamins, and uh, <laughs> I'll pretend like I'm 13, and I'll go clean his tortoise cages. I don't care. Seriously. <laughs> go get a job at Home Depot, and then tell me which With one you like better. my face, and I'm there. I think those were singles. They were. Make it rain. Gar black garbage bag full of singles. It's funny. I think those are singles. Yeah. That's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna mail Steve the money. That is. Black garbage bag full of singles with with blood on them. Where <laughs> coming from? It's blood all the same when it gets in the bank account. Blood and stripper glitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. So, any more questions? We we tied nope. up. That is it. That, no, he's just kidding. There's plenty more questions, but we're gonna have to get to them next time because we're so busy and so many people love this show. And and I'll figure out how to do that little avatar on the bottom. Yeah. yeah, we'll get you figured out, man. We'll get you figured out. We All purposely right. sabotage that. We purposely sabotage that because we want to we want to let people know the pecking order here. <laughs> you gotta earn that, man. Excuse me, order? What? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You earned it. You earned it. I love you. I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh-huh. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been an hour and about 12 minutes since we got started. This is kind of yeah. a long show, isn't it? We got right. We had fun. Uh, one last thing before we go. Um, we recently updated our... Um, our membership slash donation page on the Turtle Room, so feel free to check that out. Um, you got uh, with a membership, you'll get a free uh, calendar next fall when we produce the next set of calendars as well. So something to think about as part of that. Um, <clears throat> so for Steve and Anthony, I am Steve, and we'll catch you again on Monday, March seventh. <laughs>